this episode of Three Bros Sports Podcast, a podcast of three college students who could just talk about sports forever. We're going over the NBA regular season's coming to an end right now. We give our takes on the best team this year. Hint, hint, it may be a team that's on fire. The sun may have caught fire. Hint, hint. And the best player throughout the NBA bubble as well. George Kittle's in talks of a big, big contract extension. We talk about how much we believe it's going to be. And also a little debate on whether or not George Kittle will go down as the greatest tight end of all time. Also, a sad day for Brett Everson Griffin to the Cowboys. Ouch. (laughs) We give hard takes on how we think about that and whether or not the Cowboys are a contender or not but first what's up everybody this is adam rank of the nfl network the guy from fantasy live and i am here to tell you you are listening to three bros podcast perhaps the greatest podcast on earth and what a show they have for you today but first shut up and sit down Three Rose Sports Podcast, the podcast of three college students who could just talk about sports forever. I'm Connor. I'm Calvin. I'm Bertram. Bertram. Why, why, that's giving me a vibe of going back to Disney's uh, one and only Jesse. Is, is that where you're getting this inspiration from today, Bertram? You know, that one is just straight off the dome, Connor. I didn't cheat and use a, gym, a name generator or, or anything like that. It was the first name that came to my head. So that's what we're going with today. We're going a little bit of improv this morning. Okay, okay. We're going with some improv at 8 a.m. in the morning on a beautiful Thursday that I barely got any sleep a, in. So I'm going to be honest. A beautiful, <laughs> cloudy Thursday. Yes. Yeah, partly cloudy. Uh, no. Yeah, no, no, I'm not coming in here hungover like a lot of other people could. But this is the podcast of always three college students. You just talk about sports forever. Why am I repeating myself? I honestly have no idea. The NBA bubble's <laughs> been in full swing right now, and we're closing in on the regular season. We've done our highlight videos throughout the beginning of the preseason. We'll be coming up with one soon, but there's only two games left, or just one, depending on uh, whatever team is playing. A lot has gone down throughout this bubble that a lot of people are quite frankly, quite frankly, surprised about, including myself. The Phoenix Suns going seven and zero. Damian Lillard coming com- back from nowhere and, and completely carrying the Trailblazers through a, the, the Mojave Desert with no shoes in the middle of a hurricane. Um, with five feet of ice, um, and he carried them back on, on all on his shoulders. That with no wing help, yes, he, they have Carmelo Anthony, but is he really gonna be a great wing defender out there? And the answer is, quite frankly, no. So much been going down, but the thing I really want to talk about the most right now, I want to shove it up to ESPN here. For overhyping the New Orleans Pelicans so badly, the Pelicans have flopped this year. Completely flopped. Garbage. This team was not built to be in that different environment and actually be able to succeed. 
You cannot throw a bunch of eight-year-olds out into a pickup basketball game against 15-year-olds who've been playing a couple years in different areas and expect the eight-year-olds to go completely bonkers just because one of them can be able to dunk. All right? The Pelicans flopped big time. I'm feeling good about this. You see that sort of thing with with rookies that are overhyped all the time. I mean, if if, if Zion Williamson wasn't on that team, I guarantee the Pelicans would not be getting the kind of attention from the media that they have been. Uh, It kind of just, you know, in just a sports sense, it kind of just reminds me of like the Cleveland Browns coming into last year. I mean, everyone was super excited for Baker Mayfield and all the young guys that they had. Yeah, and and, you know, just a very flashy team. But at the end of the day, you know, young team and uh, when you have I mean football with a quarterback it's a little bit different but you know same situation just overhyped for a, a young talent and you know I, I'm not you know like Connor here I didn't want to see them fail but um, I, I don't ever did. wish failure upon any of my competitors unless you are the Oakland Athletics and that's only because of Tarek Ansari but go on I don't know On past podcasts, I kind of got that vibe from you, Connor, a little bit. It seemed like you had some beef with the Pelicans. I speak the truth. I called the bluff. I called the over ESPN hype. And it's not about the Pelicans. It's really not. This is all about how the media keeps perceiving. They look at the young, flashy fool's gold of the year with the Pelicans. Yes, maybe if it was a full season, the full 82 games, there was no suspension. The Pelicans could have made it in. There was a lot of potential for that to happen, but they didn't. Well, well, props to you, props to you, Connor, because because me and Calvin uh, definitely bought into the Pelicans hype as well. Uh, yeah, we did. How, how you feeling over there, Calvin? I mean, it's I'm insanely disappointed about it, just because. Yeah, I can see how a young team would have trouble, especially going to a new environment and everything. But they also had one of the easiest schedules in this entire bubble. Like, I think only two of their teams that they had to play against were actually in the playoffs already. So it, it, this was completely set up for them to make it. I don't see what the problem was, let alone how poorly they've done. I believe they're two and five right now. I, I'm just so disappointed with how this team played i wish they could have at least done a little something but. losing to the clippers by 23 the second game in your first game to start it off you lose by two to the jazz who have also been quite disappointing this year I, i've really been yeah. upset with how the jazz have played and you have to remember they don't have joe ingles out there or i mean uh, bojan bogdanovich one of the two um for a wrist surgery Uh, this team has been hampered with some injuries donovan mitchell and rudy gobert how much do you trust the chemistry together like there's been a lot of questions when it comes to a team like the jazz that personally i thought could have won the western conference after their off season when they acquired mike conley i thought this was big time for the jazz they added in bojan i'm looking at this team like holy crap this team is loaded you have donovan mitchell around there who can easily get you 24 to 26 conley's gonna get you 17 to 19 and be a better perimeter threat on the outside all i thought all the jazz needed was a solidified point guard 
so Mitchell didn't have to carry the ball up all the time. And then Conley just flopped. Conley has not been a great acquisition so far. He started to pick things up, but it just hasn't come to fruition yet. Do you guys see the Jazz trying to move on from Rudy Gobert after this quote-unquote season? Because it's not really a season. I feel like it's just going to have an asterisk by it. But, you know, he's he's under contract through the 2020-2021 season. But do you guys see them possibly trying to trade him somewhere? Oh, hands down. Yeah, I, I think at the very least they're going to be listening to some offers for him and here i already have an offer for you i already have an offer do you you want to hear that i know we did it we used to do a tv segment of where's he going and i'd come up with a couple trade ideas here well oh you're you're making me feel nostalgic i know i'm bringing (laughs) back the good old days all right i got a trade here a ring ring uh, we're calling up the new york knicks right now (laughs) rudy gobert and a future first round pick for Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, and two future first-round picks. That's a uh, a lot to get up for Rudy Gobert. Well, Rudy Gobert is a generational that. center. Not to mention, New York has never been able to actually sign any true star. It's time where they're going to have to push a little bit farther, and they're going to have to throw in a couple extra picks. And yes, they can be lottery protected. They can be top 10 protected. Who who cares? But Rudy Gobert is a generational defender. Mitchell Robinson, he's a great defender as well. He's a good shot blocker. But Gobert does so much more for a defense of that fear of you don't even want to get into the paint. You don't want to get near Gobert. Setting a fear into your opponents is, is ginormous. And it's been a big reason for the Jazz's success reason why they're one of the best defensive teams year in year out this would be a big move especially when we're looking at like a guy like kevin knox going into a place like utah low media attention he could really be able to thrive out there maybe it's only one first round pick and you throw in dennis smith jr you you start solidifying like now your point guard mix is going to be emmanuel moutier mike conley and dennis smith jr the amount of athleticism right there with defensive versatility. I think that's a fair trade to be going with. Maybe Utah has to throw in something else, like a couple, a couple second rounders. But where else could Rudy Gobert really go for that good of a price? And for a team that has the cap room to take on Gobert's massive contract. I mean, there's not many other options. They'd have to like, do we throw Julius Randle in? You could, but honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if they were to get rid of him, if they were to trade him for another, like, high-profile player, at least high-contract kind of player. Well, if we're talking about, you know, teams that could use a big man like uh, like Rudy Gobert, what about a team we just got finished talking about? What about the New Orleans Pelicans? I mean, I well, know they, they just drafted they Jackson Hayes with the eighth overall pick. It's That's tough to say I'm giving up on him so quickly. Well, you said, you know, Rudy Gobert is a generational talent. If he's on the trading block, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if they throw their name in there, maybe uh, offer up a couple first-round picks. One of those bigger contracts, I don't, you know, see them moving on from Brandon Ingram after this the uh, season he just had. But I know that, you know, Drew Holiday has always been in the the conversation for being moved. Or, now, let's hear me out here. The Golden State Warriors say, I don't want a first-round pick. 
why do I need to go draft James Wiseman when I could just be able to go get Rudy Gobert? Now, I know the whole contract, uh, they put him in the luxury tax, but we have to remember, um, Steve Kerr recently went on Bill Simmons' podcast and admitted, look, we were willing to give Kevin Durant whatever he wanted. It was his choice to go leave. Our owners, Joe Lacob, was ready to go into the hundreds of millions of dollars that they would have to owe each year of the luxury tax to be able to retain Kevin Durant. That is the right mentality in terms of the Warriors trying to get another star. And who else better than Rudy Gobert? If we're going to start solidifying on the defensive end, Curry and Klay Thompson do not scream, oh my goodness, I am so scared to go up against these guys. Klay Thompson, yes, solid defender. Curry, it's like a traffic cone sometimes. <laughs> Maybe you can get a steal because you accidentally dribbled a little too close to the cone. As long as you can dribble right around it, you'll be just fine. Why not? We're looking at a team. Now, I know, Brett, your favorite player ever from the Timberwolves will be there. You're looking at Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, Draymond, and Gobert. And, and, and let's not forget... Uh, you have a guy like Damian Lee coming off the bench. And, and this is actually in Jordan Poole. And this is a big thing for a team like the Warriors of how they didn't make it in this year, but they had young players that they can slowly start to build around. You have Eric Paschal now. He could come off the bench or even play the three and you have Wiggins coming off like this team. The thing that scares me the most is they're going to come out with the same core but they're going to come out with a better bench than they've ever had before of more scoring options to be a more solidified team. And that scares the absolute bejesus out of me when I'm looking at a team like going up against the Lakers or the Clippers, a team that is very top three heavy. And after that, it's more mediocre to have advanced scores like the Warriors will have Damian Lee and Jordan Poole are going to be very solid players in this league. They are going to be spark plugs coming off the bench. I, I consider Damian Lee as the equivalent of a poor man's Lou Will. Adding Gobert into that mix is lethal, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors kind of have a... It, it seems a little weird because, you know, they had a rough season, clearly. But, you know, with most teams, their fans might start to panic. But everyone in Golden State seemed to be kind of very calm about this whole situation. I, I'm, granted, they had a lot of success in the past, but I really like the idea of sending Gobert there. I think, you know, the guys coming into the draft, you mentioned James Wiseman. He's a, he's a good prospect, but, it, you know, it's still going to take some work. Whereas if you got Gobert right away, you add one of the best defenders in the game to that already loaded roster. Yeah. <laughs> You know, sometimes you just have to take a step back and, and look at what you really need. Uh, I think that would be a scary move for the whole Western Conference and the NBA in general. No, so, yeah, that's the whole NBA, man. I don't want to see. I'm enjoying the Warriors having a bad year. Finally, I don't want to see them have that Rudy Gobert in there too. No, I mean, you guys are right about that. But I do have one more team that we could maybe throw into the mix of things. Now, the the chances of this being realistic could be uh, far none. Uh, I don't know. But let's just say the Jazz want to try to get cute over here. They want to go with more young picks. And you go to a team that doesn't need those young picks in the Boston Celtics. Now, there's a lot of pieces that would have to be moved. Uh, a big piece 
I honestly think Gordon Hayward may have to get moved. If the Celtics are believing, look, it's just too much money right now, and he's just never been the same, it may be better to try to split how much we're going to have to pay him and give up a couple first-rounders in terms of getting a better uh, rim protector in a guy like Gobert. You have Ennis Cantor, but let's be honest, if we're going to call Curry's defense the equivalent of a traffic cone, I have no comparison of how Ennis Cantor guards anybody. Maybe I could say a toddler if I'm trying to think of something. But you have a guy like Romeo Langford, Carson Edwards. You have young pieces out there that aren't going to be needing much playing time. Or say screw Carson Edwards and go get Robert Williams. Robert Williams, Langford, Hayward for Gobert, Moutier, and a couple second rounders. That could be a win-win on both ends. So Gordon Hayward, back to Utah. Exactly. Bring the reunion back. <laughs> I mean, that'd be interesting. I don't, I don't know if they would go that far, though. I was also wondering, though, about if they decide, like, they just want to dump him after this year. What about LaMarcus Aldridge? No. Send him. Pass, send pass the prime. To, uh, pass the prime. No. Yeah, he's past the prime. But if they're trying to dump him. No, they, they will like, dump him for that. that. Point, no, they're going to need real future know, assets, and San Antonio just doesn't have that unless you're going to toss in DeJounte Murray and Derek White, which Greg Popovich will hold on to for the rest of his life. Now, I, I don't see that one happen. I think Aldridge going into year 35, it's, that's, that is tough. Uh, that, yeah, but you're telling me, you tell me Popovich wouldn't have any interest in a guy like Gobert? Well, yeah, but that's through free agency. And also, when you have Jakob Portal, who's actually been a really solid big out there in San Antonio, I, that, that that's kind of th- pushing the needle there, buddy. I don't know, man. I, I just feel like... Because I don't see if they're trying to shop him. People are going to be trying to get him for cheap, and I could easily see teams lowballing him and lowballing him to the point where they're basically just going to have to dump him. But, I mean, who knows? They, they, he might keep him this year. Maybe everything's be, good. I would just be surprised if they did that because of, you know, what Rudy Gobert brings to the table in terms of defense and, and rebounding ability. I think if they were to get offers that weren't enough, you know, it's worth holding on to him for the rest of his contract. You know, understandably, there's some chemistry issues there with Donovan Mitchell, who's the, you know, future of the franchise. But if they ended up dumping him for nothing, you know, you got to look at upper management in that Utah Jazz. Uh, that's, a, that's a rough move to make, in my opinion. Hey, plenty of teams have done it. It could be the beginning of a clear house. But look, I, I didn't mean for us to go over about um, – uh, Rudy Gobert for over 10 minutes here. I, I swear. I'm, I'm sorry for all the listeners who are like, I'm tired of talking about the French dude. Let's go on to something else. Now, we, 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 sir. Now the regular season's about to come to an end. And there's been some talks of doing an all, uh, and the, in the bubble awards of, uh, a team, most improved of it all, uh, MVP of it. And you know what? Why not throw our two cents into it? Because I know everybody is just waiting for the three rows announcement. Um, ESPN has been holding off on the award ceremony till they hear what we have to say. Um, because based on our award ceremony that we did, uh, we were pretty freaking accurate, although it's kind of tough not to be um, as accurate as everybody else. When it was pretty uh, thin pickings of who you have for winning MVP. But I, I think this is, 
almost e easy to go over here. The, the the team of the year is the Phoenix Suns. The MVP is Damian Lillard. Now, who's here to objectify this? I am. Okay, and where? Why? I like I agree with the Suns, but I think Devin Booker should be MVP. I would give Damian Lillard a close second, though. Just because to me, I mean, they both have been great, but Devin Booker seems to have been like an insane difference, and the team has done better. That's the main reason for it all. Actually, let me see how Portland did these last few games. I think it's probably going to come down to just the expectations for the Phoenix Suns. I mean, yeah, no one really expected them to make it in, let let alone go undefeated. And, you know, I, I understand Damian Lillard's, you know, had a lot of flashy games. His, you know, he's scoring about six more points per game. Devin Booker's at 31, he's at 37. But I, I think it just will probably come down to just the fact that the Suns, are the last team undefeated in the bubble, which no one I'm sure expected. And I think that'll sway a lot of voters in that, in that realm. Um, you know, Damian Lillard's gone off. I mean, his 60 point game a couple of days ago, that was insane. So, you know, either way, I think it's deserving for both of them, but I, I just think Devin Booker's probably going to win it. I mean, trailblazers have gone five and two. So it isn't as if they've just kind of been a little, uh, in the middle of the pack here, but no, you can also not. throw in, it's basically he's uh, Lillard has carried this entire team every single night. I mean, his last game against the Mavericks, 61 points. That's his third 60 point game this year. Like what he's put up has been impeccable. And he's revived this Trailblazers team. And same with Booker. Don't get me wrong. I, I think Booker's been a fine player throughout all this time. But I, I think Lillard's got to get some more recognition here for somebody who's kind of put this entire team on his back. It, it's like I, I see at least something happening. I mean, even the game before against the 76ers, he dropped. He had a 50 piece. He dropped 51. Yeah, I mean, you're right. The the Suns definitely have more players on their team, uh, you know, contributing to that. I mean, Ricky Rubio always is a solid uh, distributor of the ball, which helps, you know, DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges. But, but I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. I'm just going from the opinion of the voters, you know. Um, they're going to see Devin Booker. They're going to see a Suns player, a team that no one really expected to play this well. And the, just the fact that he's 7-0 and versus the 5-2, and which, like you said, is, is still not bad. But I just think that the 7-0 and puts him over the top. You know, also the game winners uh, against the Clippers, just the numbers that he's been able to put up have been crazy. So, you know, arguably not as crazy as Damian Lillard's. Not far off, though. Uh, I could see this being like a really close vote between the two of them. Yeah, uh, it, it they just can be. I mean, just cut the trophy in half. Give it just give one. I mean, we them. already did the co-coach award. So, what's going to be the difference of doing the co-MVPs? It's true. There could be a lot of upside with that. But now, switching things over into the NFL side of things, there's been some rumors going around. Uh, a 49ers Twitter account tried to claim that a George Kittle six-year, $95 million extension was coming to a, a close. 
Then George Kittle came out and tweeted, y'all really believe everything you see on the internet, huh? So I shot down that idea, but Ian Rappaport has come out saying that the 49ers and Kittle are expected to be closing in on a deal very soon, making him the most highest paid uh, tight end in the NFL history. Now, how much are we talking about? He said it's going to be over $14 million, but what number are we going to be hitting today? I I would probably say somewhere around 18 mil. And um, it pains me to think about this because I don't see how you can justify paying him a crap load of money, especially when you already – that team was in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, but it wasn't all him, and they're still going to have other contracts coming up. And on top of that, how are they going to get better? If they're giving him so much money, it's not like they won the Super Bowl. You front load the contract. He could. But that's what they're going to do. That's what they're doing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, that's true. You could do that. But even then, I just don't see how you justify paying him all that money. Even then, I don't think he is the best tight end in the league. I really don't. It's one of the best, but not the best. Okay, you need to start throwing your Cardinals bias out of here, and let's get realistic. on that. Best blocker in the NFL and best receiving tight end in the NFL. He is the people's tight end. And if you do not smell what the Niners are cooking week one against your Cardinals, oh, boy, <laughs> someone's going off for 200 yards. We'll let's see not what remember happens, what Connor. happened to Buda Baker on, on Halloween when Kittle plays with a broken ankle and a torn labrum and still says, screw you, Buda Baker. You're going to get a stiff arm in the face, and I'm scoring my touchdown. He is the people's tight end, and do not disrespect that. He's going to be mad. He's <laughs> going to listen to this right now, and he's going to go off. I will give you Kittle not number two. Off George Kittle. I'm, I will happily give Kittle number two. Before we continue, I got to tell you guys about our sponsor for the day, Thrive Fantasy. You got to come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily sports app for player props to over-unders. They've made it easy for you guys. They eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes. I mean, we have the NFL season going on right now. We could be talking about whether or not George Kittle is going to be getting a 150 receiving yards over-under. We're going off bets like that If for the NFL. You're choosing 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. The more points your selection is worth, the riskier it is. But you got to rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes since launching in 2018. And guys, I got a special deal for you guys. Use our promo code 3BSports, all wor- one word, all capitalized, when you sign up today. And you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your de- first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. I think you just have to consider, you know, it's not super often that you find a tight end with, you know, the ability and talent of uh, George Kittle. I mean, yeah, you get a Gronkowski every once in a while, but there's a big drop off between the the Kittles and the Kelseys versus the Cooks and the Higbees. I mean, yeah, they're all good players, 
but the production that George Kittle puts in night in and night out is certainly worth the the money that they're talking about. Now, 18 seems a little bit high for me, uh, considering just, you know, having to pay other players. But you look at the top paid tight end right now, who is Hunter Henry on the Chargers, which I certainly Uh, don't uh, think. Really? Right now at 11 mil. He's at 10.6. Austin Hooper's at 10.5. So he's making oh, really? just a little bit more than Hunter Henry. I'm looking at the salaries right now. Um, so I, I certainly think that George Kittle deserves that. I think 15, 16 sounds pretty reasonable. And, you know, like Connor said, there's a way to front load it. So he may not make as much annually as Eric Armstead's D Fords on that team. But guaranteed money over the years will certainly be higher than most of the players on that team. But that's their job. That's upper management's job to find a way to, to keep these players. And George Kittle is certainly not a player that you let walk or even risk the the fact of him leaving. No, you don't. There's no if, ands or buts about this. The, George Kittle will go down as in my opinion, without a 49er bias, even if I was an outsider fan, he will be going down as the best tight end to have ever played. Yeah. I mean, teams are, <clears throat> teams are desperate to have, those tight ends. I mean, just look at the Vikings. I mean, we're paying Kyle Rudolph nine million dollars a year to to catch a red zone touchdown every four games. So, and, and let's also look at the story too. He was a fifth round draft pick and was considered to be a fullback. That all oh, all he could do was block iffy receiver. Rookie year was pretty bad at dropping passes. And now look at where he's at. Look at it. I'm going to shove it into Calvin's face. Look at it. You can't tell me All he is going to become the best tight end ever. There is he no will way. Go down. He will go down. I'm not saying he is as of right now, but he will go down as the greatest tight end to have ever played. He's got like another 10 years at least before he can even talk about that. So you're putting him up there with the, the Tony Gonzalez's of the world, the Antonio Gates, that type of Robert caliber tight end. Colin Winslow. Yes, Senior, I am. Not junior. If it all stays in San Francisco <laughs> his entire career with Kyle Shanahan, I need to find out. I need to be given a few reasons as of why he would not become the greatest tight end of all time. In the 49ers offensive scheme, please tell me how George Kittle could not go down as the greatest tight end of all time. How about the odds? You know what? You know what, Connor? I like your confidence in your team. It, it's, it's very admirable. This is confidence in my you team. This it's, it's, no, it's no, 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 no. This is not confidence in my team. This is me, uh, even as an outsider, I would still say Kittle's number one. I'm not talking fantasy-wise, and I think that's the biggest thing people get mixed up when we talk about players' talent. This isn't a fantasy term, all right? This is the overall impact that you have on a team. Overall. Kittle has the best overall, and he's one of the best blockers in all of football. Out of the entire tight end position, he is one of the best blockers out there if not the best pancakes everybody he sees and does it for fun he grew up as a kid and his dad was his coach telling everybody yeah the people who block are the coolest people around and he's been that way forever and when he catches that ball if you think you could be able to tackle george kittle you're gonna need about four more players on him and do i need to bring back that new orleans saints highlight week 14 the fourth and two let me remind you again, with a broken ankle and a torn labrum, 
and is still able to drag three New Orleans defenders for another 30 yards. Have we seen other tight ends do this? Have we seen a guy who believes he can never be tackled? You need three guys to get him, and you also need the out-of-bounds to be nearby. You haven't seen it since Gronkowski in his prime. Exactly, and Gronk took a quick fall-off real fast now that could be what what dominates yeah, I mean, Kittle. certainly uh, it could be it's a, it, yeah as long as he can stay healthy you know he has the talent to be even better than gronk who you know had a lot of shoulder and elbow surgeries and just concussions and a, a whole litany of injuries it was it's tough for him to stay healthy and have a, a long substantial career so Kittle can keep it up stay healthy you know I don't think you're too far off. I like I like the statement. I like I like the call. That's a very bold prediction, I must say. Bold? Yeah, it is. <clears throat> what? what are you on right now, buddy? This is more realistic than bold. Uh, He's on track. He's on track. I'm not going to say Hunter Henry's going to be the next great tight end of all time. I'm not saying Damian Lillard's going to be the greatest NBA player to have ever lived. You can't. Like, that's, that's not bold. That no, that is not bold. You cannot say that any young player is going to become the greatest of all time, any position, any sport. Like that's like me saying, like, oh, you know, if uh, you know Kyler Murray or you know someone young Gardner Minshew, they're going to be like the best quarterback of all time. <laughs> yeah, but they, have they gone to two Pro Bowls in a row to start things off? Did they already set a tight end uh, uh, record for most yards in a game? Uh, what else? Have they done anything historical-wise to prove that maybe they have potential to do something like that, something as great as that? Because he's been running through records left and right. He hasn't yet, but let me ask you, where, yeah, where yeah, is Kittle's most, rings? Most receiving yards is a tight end in 2018. Well, where are Kittle's rings, Connor? I mean, he's got an NFC Championship one coming, but I don't see a Super Bowl ring yet. He's only in year three. I'm saying you give it time. I don't know, man. I mean, we can talk, you can talk about the rings all you want, but Dan Marino is going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks who ever played. He didn't get a ring. I'm, I can go to the same argument about Brady. I don't give a crap about all your damn rings. I don't. And until Kittle has the stat, the career stats to go with it, I don't think well, you can Antonio, say. You're going to say Antonio Gates, but where, where's Gates rings? Where's where his? Gates has the stats to go with it. Now, Grant, I don't yeah, think I think Gates is yeah. slightly overrated. But, but, too, but where's the rings? Well, rings help. That's all I'm saying. And plus, yeah, Kittle doesn't have any stats there, yet. So, where? Just wait on it, I mean, we'll come back in a few years. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, Tony Gonzalez is wearing the gold jacket right now. He doesn't have any rings either. So that's true. But again, he has the stats to go with it. Kittle doesn't have either. Yeah, he's got some game records and some good seasons, but career-wise, he's not there yet. He's got a long way to go. So I don't see how you can say, yes, this is going to be the best tight end ever or anything like that. I mean, who knows what the future holds. He might go out there on the very next snap, God forbid, something happens and he's done i certainly hope that doesn't happen but we don't know we just all right so i'm gonna just throw this out here so in the 17 years that tony gonzalez was in the nfl only had four years of a thousand plus receiving yards 
Kittle's already going into year four, and he already has two. Um, we're looking at multiple 700 yards. We're, we're looking at, yes, they would be great numbers at that time, but I don't see any uh, record-breaking numbers here. You know what? The numbers are solid. It's consistency. We'll see in another 10 years. We'll see how we're feeling about this. I mean, we get we gave this title to Gronk pretty quickly in about year six or seven. So let's see where Kittle goes once this money comes around, because he's in the right system for this. He's in the right. He's on the right team, right quarterback, right weapons around him. This is almost a, a perfect situation for him. And not to mention the 49ers have always been consistent in creating good tight ends. Vernon Davis was always a great tight end. Even Vance McDonald who was in the 49er system when we had Delaney Walker too, George Kittle has been great. Uh, they have always been able to produce solid tight ends year in year out. That's the one thing the Niners have always been consistent with. You're going to forget the best 49er tight end though. Dwight Clark, of course. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm saying in recent times throughout yeah. 2010, when the Niners were only two wins, they still were able to still have a decent tight end all, all throughout it. It's true. I'll give him that. I, I, I hope you do. But now, before we get towards the end here, Everson Griffin, Brett, I'm sorry to inform you about this. <laughs> I was Griffin hearing small violin. Now Someone play the small, world's smallest violin for me because I'm upset over here. Why? Why are you upset? Because Everson Griffin has been the captain of our team since like 2014. I mean, the way he plays the game, it just, it, it, he, how can you not love the guy? No, you're right. It's and I mean, before Daniil Hunter, he was, I mean, ever, you know, Jared Allen, we, we release him eventually once his numbers start to go down. Everson Griffin, fourth round draft pick out of USC. I mean, you know, he was kind of a forgotten name until he came in and just dominated once Mike Zimmer took over that team. I mean, he's just such a character and such a good football player. I'm certainly going to miss seeing him in purple. Uh, I am happy, though, because I was hearing a lot of rumors that the Packers are trying to sign him. So certainly, you know, I'm much happier to see him in Dallas versus in Green Bay. Yeah, at least you're not going to have to deal with that, to be honest. But now the Cowboys are scary as frick right now for the NFC. Uh, I mean, we said that last year, and then look at what happened. But you added Everson Griffin onto that defensive side of things now. Oh, my my goodness. Uh, yikes. And th this defense in Dallas, if they can actually, like, maybe care about the game enough, they're going to be a contender this year. As much as I hate to say it, the Cowboys have the potential to be a contender based on the defense. Are we, are we talking Super Bowl contender? Or are we talking division contender, man? <laughs> it could be either one. I, I can't give you a firm answer after last year. Man. But when you're looking at on paper, they look like they could be a title contender. On paper, they have yeah. <laughs> when you added Everson Griffin, and now we're going to be thrown into a weird situation with the season. Who knows what's really going to end up happening? Of Is there going to be fans? Is there not? I know Jerry Jones last night said, yes, there will be fans. But how many? How big of an impact does this have on the game? Uh, there's a lot to figure out by week five. Then we can maybe start remembering, okay, maybe who's the contenders, 
who's not. I mean, in baseball, the Miami Marlins are seven and four. The Baltimore Orioles have a 500 record. The Mariners are competitive. The Detroit Tigers have a winning record. Like, you can't make this stuff up without fans. Fans make a huge impact on the game. They do. So, so. who knows when it comes to football? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the Cowboys certainly have, you know, their defense has always been, you know, they, they just haven't had that defensive leader. I mean, if you want to argue Sean Lee, I'll say, you know, he's only healthy four games a year. So, <laughs> it's, you know it's tough but i think that they certainly got better just having everson griffin on that team you know he's gonna lift the tempo of that defense and hopefully you know bring them together as a group because that's what he did in minnesota everybody loved him so uh, i think this is a really good move for dallas and i'm just happy not to see him in uh green and yellow now (laughs) that's all what would have been worse brett if he was in green bay or if he went to philly uh Green Bay because I would have to play against them two times a year. Fair enough. As much as you know, as as much as you know, the Eagles you know broke my heart. You know, it's kind of like the the same thing with the Saints. You know, the further I get away from that season, uh, the more you know I can be a little bit unbiased. For the longest time, I, I hated the Saints just for for assaulting Brett Favre for three hours. But uh, you know, <laughs> it, it is what it is. I can't really blame the Saints too much for Brett Favre doing his signature move which is throwing an interception when it's most important Hmm. so you know i I think that it it certainly would have been gross to see either of those but i gotta go with uh playing him twice a year would have would have really really upset me especially seeing him be buddy buddy with aaron Rodgers. i think we can definitely say the vikings have gotten revenge for 2009 at this point yeah that's why i don't feel too bad about (laughs) it but uh yeah you know I, i i wouldn't be either But guys, that's going to wrap things up for today's podcast. I hope you guys did enjoy. Check out the website, 3brosports.com for all of the latest fantasy football articles and also a one written by yours truly. Is Devin Booker overvalued, undervalued, overrated, underrated? Now, this was before the season started, so I think a lot of people could say, yes, he is a star. But just always check out the article, see what we got to be having going on. Three Bros Sports is actually doing its first ever fantasy football draft on Saturday. Next week, we'll be talking all about that. For a podcastic network, a little bit of breaking news. Hashtag dad swag is coming on to podcastic network with us. For all, all the, talking about the art of fatherhood, the lessons learned throughout it. It's a really interesting podcast. You guys really have to listen to sometime. But look. Podcasting Network should be coming out soon. We'll be giving out some more breaking news as time goes on. Follow it on our Twitter at PodcasticNet. You guys are going to want to check out what we have cooking for you guys. As George Kittle would say, do you smell what the Niners are cooking? I'll say, do you smell what Podcastic Network is cooking? Guys, that's going to wrap things up. Hope you guys did enjoy. I'm Connor. I'm Calvin. I'm Brett. Have a good one. Three Bros Sports would like to thank Anchor FM for sponsoring this podcast and Benjamin Tissot on bensound.com for the amazing intro, outro music. Shut up and sit down.